Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's solo episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. I was supposed to have a guest on today and they didn't show up. So it reminded me that I actually don't mind uh, every once in a while when a no-show happens because it gives me time to do something else I had been meaning to do. So in this beautiful gift of an extra you know, hour that I have for today, I want to talk about human design. Now, I have been experimenting with my human design, as people say, uh, for over two years now. Um, Not quite two and a half, but it was back in maybe April of 2021 that I synchronistically stumbled upon human design after having learned quite a bit about my Enneagram. So if you're familiar with the Enneagram, it's it's a system of nine different main personality types uh, with some other really beautiful elements to it that, you know, you can be a seven, for example, that's what I am on the Enneagram. And you can be a seven with more of a six lean or a seven with more of an eight leaning and all of these um, different beautiful personality aspects. So I was loving learning about that. And then I listened to a podcast um, just kind of out of the blue. I was like, Ooh, I want to listen to this episode. And the guest on that podcast started talking about how she had really loved Enneagram And then when she found human design, she was like, oh, oh man, this is it. I really love the system and dove into it. And so me being the uh, person who loves to dive down rabbit holes um, with research, I heard that and I was also intrigued. I was like, huh, I wonder what that means. And so I went online. I found a website where I could you know, put in my birth date info. Um, so my birth date, the place and the time. And, you know, it gave me, spat, spat out a chart at me and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know what any of that means. And so again, as I tend to do, I kept diving down the rabbit hole deeper and deeper and deeper and really started to find myself in this. And what I mean by that is it started to show me things about myself that I knew that I was not living in alignment with. So let's take a little step back here. And if you are completely new to human design, or if you've maybe heard rumblings of, I've heard someone, my friend talked about that, but I have no idea what it means. Let's talk about it for a minute. So Human design uh, is a, uh, I want to say, a synthesis, 
of several different mystical traditions. So that would be, you know, it's got parts of astrology, Western astrology included, the Chinese I Ching and hexagrams, the uh, Jewish Kabbalah and tree of life. Um, And I think there's something else in there that I'm missing as well, but it's this, it's a synthesis of these systems and it's a really beautiful coming together that, that really shows the entire system, the, the chakra, seven chakra system. That's the other um, piece that, that this also ties into. So again, we've got pieces of, you know, Western astrology, um, Hinduism and Jewish traditions. And it just, it's like a multi-faith, multi-dimensional system. And for me, who sees things in a very uh, holistic, systemic way, when I am reviewing even like client situations in uh, my work as a financial planner, I am always looking at things from a top level, how do these pieces fit together type of way. And so human design was doing that exact same thing saying, Hey, how does your, um, how does your astrology, you know, fit with your, you know, these, these different hexagrams on the I Ching or with the tree of life or, you know, with your chakra systems, how do they all go together? Wow. Look at this. They just overlay perfectly. So I'm not going to get into the history of it or any of that. That's not the purpose of this podcast. Um, but if you're interested, there are so many beautiful resources that I can point you point, point you to. So feel free to reach out um, if you want to know more, like where to go, where to get, you know, more detailed charts and different things like that, that start to walk you through it. Because similar to financial planning, there are broad strokes. You can be really general with it. And then there are the details and you can get really, um, really in the, into the details of what everything means. And so like with my financial planning, I also do not like broad strokes um, in my financial planning practice. I really love to dig into the details and really help people understand um, their financial situation from a very um, kind and detailed way, kind and detailed perspective. Um, And so human design allows me to do that exact same thing in the aspects of our personalities and how we make decisions and where our innate genius and uniqueness lies. So again, I, I'll back up to, you know, April-ish, March, April of 2021. I pull my chart. I start getting super intrigued um, by what it's telling me. And I start researching and researching and researching on my own until I came across um a random Reddit post uh, from someone who was offering um, like complimentary sessions as she was starting to build her own practice of doing, you know, human design readings for people. And so I started like meeting with her. Her name is Jan. She's such a beautiful human being. Um, And we spent a lot of time together over the next, you know, several months. Um, And she just, helped me see this whole beautiful side of myself. 
So I am what's called a manifesting generator. So there are there are five types in human design. There is a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, and a reflector. And all of this, um, you know, kind of determines how you most easily and um, easily and deeply make decisions from your own place of inner authority. So for me, I, again, I'm a manifesting generator and I have what's called sacral authority. And what that means is that when someone asks me a question, especially like a yes or no type question, I have a very, um, very strong gut response of either, uh-huh, yes, or uh-uh, no. And if I need a little more information, if I'm not sure, it'll be like a, mm, and I won't really have a response yet. So I'll need to ask follow-up questions until I can get to that. Uh-huh. Yes. Or uh-uh. No, that's not for me. What I realized, I, I cried. I bawled when I found that out about myself, because what I learned was that over the previous 30, I don't know, um, six years of my life, I had been trained away from listening to my own gut response. I had been trained to, you know, override my internal uh uh-uh. When I knew something was not right for me, I had that no gut feeling. I was allowed to convince or or asked to convince myself to do otherwise. You can apply that to every situation you can think of. And that's, that was true for me Um, where, you know, someone else's desire or a pros and cons list, um, you know, there are so many more pros than cons. Why are you saying no to this would come up? And so I would override my no over and over and over again until it was not, it, it never stopped trying. That's all I'll say that. I never stopped feeling that no. I just was always overriding that no. And on the flip side, when I would feel a yes to something, a lot of times I would I would be able to do that yes. Um, but if it didn't make sense, if it didn't fit the, again, fit the pros and cons list or fit the logical explanation of why that thing should be, I allowed my yes to be overridden and turned into a no. And you might be listening to this and thinking, well, that's just compromise. That's how the world works, right? We all we all have to do that. We all have to you know, give up what we want to do sometimes and do things we don't want to do other times. And what I am telling you right now is that if you are able to live into your design, your design and live into your own unique decision-making process and honor it, things feel so much better. I cannot even 
explain the difference that I feel in my in my body, in my being, when I am able to let my no be no and let my yes be yes. If you've never had this experience of having your answer honored, sometimes it feels like that that's not for me. I don't get to have that experience. And that's not true. That's not true. You can start to live in a way that honors your true yes and no as well. And it is incredibly healing. It is so incredibly healing to become aware of your decision-making process and then follow it and see what happens. So I mentioned I have sacral authority. So that's a response mechanism. If someone asked me a yes or no question, or it can even be a response to, um, you know, seeing someone's post on social media and I have a response to that or like seeing a billboard out in the world and I have a response to that, right? It's not always like someone has to ask me yes or no questions. Um, but that can be a very easy way to, um, to come to decisions as well. Um, the thing that I notice with that, so if you happen to also be a sacral authority being, uh, and you'll, if you notice people asking you open-ended questions, what's funny is it can be this, um, thing where someone will ask me an open-ended question, like, Oh, tell me about yourself. And I go, uh, and my, my, um, first reaction is to go way back. Like, well, back in 2007, you know, and so I, I'll overtell the story because I'm not getting like a, a direct question to respond to. And so I'm like searching for like the complete answer. And then I have to come back out and say, well, wait, we didn't need that much information. You know, here, here are four little points. So I actually had to learn that about myself and notice that about myself, that when I get open-ended questions, sometimes my mind is blank. And sometimes I get um, I get into an over-explaining or like going way off tangent. Um, and I need those kind of yes or no primer questions in order to kind of focus in the conversation. So that's a little tip for you also, if you are also a sacral responder, um, that if you can have people, if you're feeling yourself like uh, blanking on a question, if you can ask them to, hey, can you make that a yes or no question? Because the yes or no questions will then lead to, uh, yes, and here's how I want to expand on that or no, and here's how I want to expand on that. The other types of authority now, this is something that um, actually was, again, incredibly healing for me to learn and understand. The other types of authority take different amounts of time to come to decisions. Sacral authority is very fast. It's a very fast, visceral response. Um, there are several different types of authority, but some of the other common ones are emotional authority and splenic authority. Um, and I'll explain those ones as well. So emotional authority is when someone has to go through a wave 
of emotion before they come to their decision. So this in practice, in like the real world does look like the pros and cons list. It does look like exploring all of the good possibilities and all of the terrible possibilities and coming back to center and coming to a conclusion. And with emotional authority, one of the main pieces of that is that you cannot make a decision just on the high. You also cannot make a decision just on the low. You have to go through the wave process, come back to neutral, come back to center, and then you will have your answer. So if you find out that you are an emotional authority being, um, which means in human design speak that your solar plexus is defined. Um, If you find that you are an emotional authority being, you may think back to decisions you've made when you were like, oh, this is great. Here are all the great possibilities. I'm so excited. And you just said yes, and you dove in, and then you regretted everything. You also might remember a situation where, you know, you went on the down first and you thought of all of the terrible negative possibilities that could happen with something. um, And you said, no, maybe it was a friend's trip or, you know, who knows what we'll say something like, you know, with friends Um, and they all go and they have an amazing time and it's so fun. And you end up being like, oh man, I so missed out that fear of missing out that FOMO Um, or afterwards, I guess, you know, like where you really did miss out and you're like, man, I should have gone. I really regret not having gone. When you go too quickly into your decisions, either on the up or the down, that is typically where regret lives. After the fact, you regret having done or not done that thing. So instead, the invitation there is to think about all the oh, this could be so much fun in these ways. This could be so beneficial in these ways. This opportunity could lead to, you know, 10 other opportunities that I can see. And then allow yourself to also think about the negative possibilities um, where, you know, oh, I, I could see where this could end up badly this way. I could see where, you know, X, Y, and Z might be not so great. In the future, I could see how this partnership could be challenging in different ways. And then when you come back up to neutral, you will have so much more clarity if the pros outweigh the cons for you, then it's a yes. If the cons outweigh the pros for you, then it's a no. Why am I diving so deeply into this one in particular? It is because my wonderful husband is an emotional authority. He's an emotional manifester. I'm a sacral manifesting generator. And he's not super into all of the, you know, astrological woo, anything where you have to put in a birth date and time. He's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And that's okay. (laughs) And at the same time, when I learned that he's an emotional authority and I am a sacral authority, that gut response, it sheds so much light 
on the struggles that we had each faced with making decisions together. And it was so beautiful to have this realization that I wasn't wrong. And he wasn't wrong. Neither of us were wrong in our own decision-making. It was just that we didn't understand the other person's decision-making type. And so when he's over there, you know, if I have a yet like an idea or an invitation and I'm like, yes, I want to do this. I'm so excited. And he's over there like poking holes. So I've gone on the high because I'm like, this is so exciting. Here's all the things I want to do. That's another piece of being a manifesting generator is that I have like ideas all the time and I, I'm ready to go and I really want to um, charge forward when something is exciting to me. And so when I'm on a high and I'm on the yes, I'm like, yes, let's go. He immediately takes the downswing and says, well, what about this? What about that? Did you think about this possibility? Did you think about this possibility? What if this happens? And I'm like, dude, you're like bursting my bubble. It doesn't feel good. I have a, a friend who um, calls it, hey, you're stomping on my embers. I have the spark of an idea, the spark of joy, and you're just stomping all over it. Thanks for that one, Colleen, if you're listening. And that's really what it felt like. That's what it felt like to be on that no or be on that yes and have someone else want to explore all the no. And on the flip side, when I would be a no to something, I feel that like gut reaction, no, I don't want to do this anymore. He would be you know, on the side, like, here's all the pros here. I really want to do this here. Like, I want to convince you to do this thing. And I could feel the no in my body. I could feel not wanting to, and I would muster all of my inner fortitude. We'll say again, literally overriding my no to do the thing that he wants to do and not understanding how detrimental that was to my own emotional and spiritual well-being. I knew it was, and yet, you know, it took quite a while for me to be able to fully say, I cannot do this anymore. It feels bad. I know that you want to do it, and I cannot do it. It gets into a very personal story, so we won't go there. Um at this time, but this decision making, right? There's, and there's more to it than that as well. There's so much more nuance um, relationally and spiritually and inner child um, wise that we can talk about. And all of these healings, this is what I love about human design is that it, it complements all of these other, all of these other pieces of therapy, of coaching, of, um, again, inner child work, of um, internal family system, IFS, parts work, all of that can be really um, complemented beautifully by knowing your own design and type even better. So the decision-making. 
Super, super important. I'm going to give one more example of this. I mentioned splenic authority. You can look that one up. I actually wanted to talk about kind of a unique one um, that one of my beautiful clients has. Um, she has self-projecting authority. So she's a self-projecting projector, which is actually quite unique uh, in its design. And for her, she needs to hear her own voice. She needs to speak and hear her own voice and have that feedback loop and to talk out her decision-making process. So one of the wonderful things that I love to do when I notice, when we're like in a meeting together, when I notice that, you know, she's on, um, when I can like sense that her decision-making wheels are turning and she's talking, she'll start to say, Ooh, wait, I feel like I'm babbling. I'll say, you're, you're doing exactly what you should keep talking. And I just allow the space for her to talk and hear herself talk and kind of go through these different waves of, you know, I felt this and then I felt that, and then I thought this, and then I thought that, and kind of talk her way through it until she comes to a resting spot. And that's where her most aligned, impactful decisions come from. So I, yeah, I find that one fascinating and I love it. I love that. Um, So yeah, those are some of the pieces where when you're, when you understand your own decision-making process and you understand the people around you, you understand their decision-making process, you can use them together. You can allow them to complement each other. So sometimes, you know, again, going back to the example with me and my husband, sometimes I do need help fleshing out the pros and cons, or maybe it truly is. This is a yes for me. Will you, you know, help me talk through it so that I can look for where the potential challenges could come from. This is still a yes, but I really want your input on how I might, you know, want to set up some warning signs, or maybe it is a yes. And he's like, oh, I see all of these other possibilities too. What about this and this and that, right? So using his emotional authority of going through the wave can really help flesh out my sacral authority. And the the reverse can be true as well, right? So my quicker decision-making process, if it's something where he's, you know, like we need to make a quick decision and he can trust me, I can feel into that very quickly, and have those intuitive knowings of, is this a yes or a no? We can complement each other rather than stepping on each other or squashing each other in different ways, unintentionally. Because when it's unintentional, we both feel like we've had the highest intentions for each other, but we still hurt each other when we don't understand these beautiful and unique differences that we have. And then, you know, with my children, I also have three children who are 12, 10, and eight right now. Two of them are emotional authority as well. And then one is, uh, I think, splenic authority. Um, So that's kind of this like quick hit, this quick hit of intuition, that whisper of a, this is right, or this is not right. And so that one can be tricky to learn 
And so that's a place where I know I can support her in learning how to listen to her, her own intuition for if something is right for her or not, or if a situation is right or not for her. So that's authority in human design. Uh, A little bit. That's my experience. That's Okay, so this is another aspect that I'll talk about in another episode. I am the line designations. If you do look up your human design chart, you will have two numbers in front of your type. So I am a six slash two, a six two manifesting generator. And each number has a special meaning. Um, The six is the role model. The six is, um, you know, you really have to embody what you're teaching, who you're being, all of that, because others will learn from you as a role model. All the, all the wins, all the losses, all the mistakes, everything like that's actually part of my gift in the world is to move through a lot of different things and then speak from directly from my experience with it. The two is the hermit. So six is the role model, two is the hermit. And so the hermit um, aspect is my sense of needing to be still, be with myself, be in nature, um, withdraw in order to replenish. And so it's interesting. It kind of, that really made a lot of sense to me as well, because I do have these, um, I love to be in the spotlight. I love to be on stage. I love to speak in public. I love to be at networking events and meeting people. And then I really got to, I really got to chill out and come back into myself and spend time alone. Um, It's really important. And that's how I recharge. And so when I learned that about myself as well, it's like, oh, okay. Right. The other aspect of the two line is that there tends to be a lot of creativity that comes with that. And so um, that's another invitation for me to come back into my art or music or, you know, spend time in creative pursuit as a replenishment of my energy. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, so the six two is the role model. in human design. So I, I speak a lot from my experience of, of life and of, of different things. Um, and that's where I'm the most, where that's where I can have the most impact. And when we, when we learn more, when we keep diving into our human design, we start to see even more aspects that are, interesting that are healing that are um you know keys to our genius and keys to our money magnetism interestingly so one of the things i want to talk about uh soon we don't i won't go fully into this right now either um again because this is going to be on the podcast so it'll live for as long as the podcast lives uh but right now so this is july 27th of 2023 I am in the process of creating a mastermind group or shifting, actually shifting the expansive CEO mastermind to be a group to um, learn and study more about our 
money magnetism within our human design and gene keys. So the gene keys also complement human design and and the the I Ching hexagrams. And there are different sequences. So the Gene Keys book is by a man named Richard Rudd. And so he also downloaded these sequences about our prosperity, about our um, ability to love, which is mainly loving ourselves. And so we can love others and our genius and the prosperity sequence, which is also sometimes called the pearl sequence helps us hone in on our unique genius as it comes to our vocation, our culture, or how we interact with other people, our life's work, and our ability to attract and hold money. So there are four aspects of that, four different pieces of your human design And the more I dive into this for myself and with other clients and friends, it's so phenomenal to see how a few tweaks in your thinking, a few tweaks in your understanding of what you're looking for um, when it comes to, you know, attracting clients into your world, attracting opportunities into your world and attracting money into your world right? All of these things go together. Everyone's going to have a a unique flavor to what their, their genius and their innate ability to do these things is. So that I'm kind of thinking of it as like a study group. Um, But, you know, really what we'll do is we'll dive into what each aspect means. And then you're going to look at your, your specific chart, see your number. And then we're going to like share, share on that and what that means and how you can apply that in your own business and life. And that's going to start on August 8th, August 8th from three to 4 PM Eastern on zoom. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to share this and excuse me. And so we're going to, um, use the month of August to like test it out, see how it goes and um, do some experimenting. And then in September, it'll start as, as a broader mastermind community. So if you would love to try out and learn with me, um, with me and from me about your human design and your money magnetism within your human design, the whole month of August is free. If you want to be in the community part and we can also schedule one-on-one time to do that. And so the one-on-one time is three sessions. Right now I'm valuing that at $1,500 for three sessions with me um, to go over all of those aspects, your human design and then your your prosperity sequence aspects. And yeah, I love all of this. I'm so, I know I'm in my aligned energy when I'm feeling excited and ready to do something. So I'm excited to bring this out into the world and to talk more about it. It's something that I talk to, um, you know, my clients who love human design with me, like we jam out on this. Um, and 
I've just seen the transformation that it helps people make. And I am so excited to bring that into the money, money conversation as well. So again, if that's interesting to you, send me a note. You can email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at expansiveceo.com. Um, if you would like an invitation to the free uh, series in August, I'll be telling you exactly what the offer will be, but it's not going to be a pitch. It's going to be, hey, here's the offer that we're going to you know, have coming out in September. And then the rest of, you know, the other 55 minutes, uh, we'll be diving into the information each week. So you'll know how you can continue to work with me if you would like to, uh, but that's not going to be the focus of, of the sessions. It's going to be really actually diving in and learning together. So I am just so excited to keep going. I will, um, I'll do more solo episodes, um, on some of this. If you're interested, I would love some feedback. Tell me, tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to hear more about. Tell me what aspects you're wondering about. Um, and I'll do an episode and yeah, until next time, send me your questions. And I am so excited to continue this journey. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive. <laughs>